They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that knows for a fact there was never, ever a UFO seen over Australia. Why? Because Australia isn't real. This is Hysteria 51. Australia does not exist. That's Scottish YouTuber Rag Reynolds, who's obviously woke. Obviously. Wow. Obviously. Don't dive down that rabbit hole. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we're your hosts and lead ufologists. I'm John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. Thanks, John. We played the YouTuber as he's from the UK, and we have a returning guest also from the UK. So before we get to the Westall UFO encounter, British announcer guy, you were kind enough to join us again this week to finish explaining why, where you've been and why you're here. Yes, right. Well, as I was saying, I know Conspiracy Bot is up to no good. No shit. And thought it only fair that since he did try to kill me in our last encounter, that I return the favour. British announcer guy, what, what the hell is that? Oh, just a gift from some of my friends in the industry. It's a portable EMP generator. When you absolutely positively need to fry every circuit within 100 yards, nothing else will do. That's not cool, man. Oh, now I've got your attention, do I? Don't be mad at me just because no one understands you. I have a purpose to my life and it's yet to be fulfilled. I can't let some balding Englishman put a stop to it. I am not balding. Where is that trigger? This thing is going to... Sounds like I already found the trigger. hey oh. British announcer guy, we love that you're here at the show, but you can't just trigger an EMP. It's going to fry all the circuits and the, the, all of our equipment or computer... How about you guys try to talk this out like adults? How can you talk through it if no one understands him? No one understands him. No one understands him. <laughs> you guys are not helping the situation. British announcer guy, we understand why you're mad. Maybe we could discuss, I don't know, a financial arrangement to, you know, assuage your pain and grief. I'm listening. Well, uh, okay, okay. So Conspiracy Bot has actually done despite, I guess, even our best efforts, surprisingly well with his bot booze and bot juice empires. But here's the catch. <laughs> He's not a human. Therefore, he can't have a checking account. Don't do it. Don't you do it. That's right. That is right. How about we use Bot's wealth to pay you off? I hate you guys. I like the British guys. <laughs> well, I suppose I could be amenable to a cash payment instead. My current project does require considerable financial backing. How much are we talking? Yeah. Um, um, I think that's two. Yeah. Well, uh, $1.675 million? You assholes. Yeah, I believe that will work. Here's my routing number and account. All right. One second. Let me just remove that. All right, man. Done. All sent. Now, <clears throat> can we please get back to the show? Of course, lads. Sorry to have kept you. Thanks so much for the hospitality. Have a great day. Ouch. Shut up, Kyle. And on that note, because that was. A little bit of a segue. <laughs> <laughs> Australian aliens or... Makes perfect sense. Because Bag was here, the British Texans. <laughs> <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Australians. <laughs> no, I know. The British Texan aliens. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. We are back finally. It seems like it's been a while, John. But we are back Welcome finally. Welcome back. To talk about aliens. And we did touch on them a little bit in Plum Island, just hybridization, just a, just a little bit. But this is a great one because it comes from the mouths of babes and adults and all sorts of witnesses. That is the key part to this. Lots and lots of witnesses. You say babes. You, mm -hmm. uh, what are you talking about yeah. here? <laughs> well, the Hawaiian Tropic bus was in Australia. <laughs> Westall. You know, I'm I kid, but one of the things that I have been told by more than one Australian source is that, you know how in a lot of the world we as Americans are looked down upon, maybe not the favorite culture of the 
uh, of the anyone country, else but of, us of anyone else but us, right? Um, that is not as true in Australia. If you, I, I've if you heard go, that it's it's they're more understanding of us that we're what you get when you take every other culture and put them in one big pot well and and but like you say you're from america and like that's a good thing there versus in most of the world a bad thing oh i might oh, no. i don't know what i'm saying I, I, what just happened i think i had a stroke in australia <laughs> i mean i mean literally they love americans except for hysteria 51 oh, now i might oh i didn't go ate your baby uh, crocodile ate that's, that's not a knife want some vegemite <laughs> They no longer like America. The three tropes. <laughs> dingo ate my baby is an upcoming episode because guess what? A dingo really did eat that baby and she was trashed for years. But we're going to get to that. The Chamberlain baby. But yeah, sounds so that's, delightful. Yeah. So anyway, we are leaving the friendly confines of America with all of the, the monstrous amount of UFO sightings we have here. And we are headed to Australia. I enjoyed the last time we visited Australia, the Somerton Man. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That was a fun episode. Yeah. And, and Nation, this one is one of my personal favorite encounters. And it's one of the most frustrating to me. And we're kind of getting into that in this whole episode. This is definitely not one that I walk in. And as the skeptic, as the resident skeptic, this is not one that I walk into and go and I summarily dismiss. Yeah, no, this one, I don't think you can. Right. And even the the cover-up makes sense. And we'll get into that. So let's, we'll give you the short, the sweet of it. The Reader's Digest, yeah, if you will, so the, the Gophopedia. There you go. So the Westlaw UFO encounter happened on April 6th of 1966 in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. It's a bright, sunny day. It's nice outside. About 11 a.m., upside down time. I think that's the, the actual. That's the actual term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For about 20 minutes, 200 plus students, faculty members, teachers, local people, at and around two Victorian state schools, all witnessed an unexplained flying object. Yeah, so un, un, all, unidentified, unknown. These two schools pick your poison there. These two schools very close to each other. One was just the uh, the Westall Primary School. Think of like elementary school and, and then the high school. high and high school. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this object moved erratically, and it seemed to defy the laws of physics. And that's an important one there. I think when we see things like this, uh, when they say that it defied the laws of physics. Like, that's why the Nimitz case, the Tic Tac, has been so important. And it is not something that we can even describe as known aircraft to this day. It or they, and I say that because there might have been two or three craft or one, depending on who you talk to and who was seeing at the time. They descended into a nearby open wild grass field that they referred to as a paddock. And uh, the paddock was adjacent to a grove of pine trees. And that area is known as the Grange. So the Grange is nothing special. It's literally just a small nature preserve. Well, now, it's, now it is literally a nature preserve. Right. But, it's just pine but even then it was, yeah, just a, 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 field, of a, park of, a field of trees. With yeah. a lot of trees. Yeah. In it. A paddock is just an area where you'd like graze cattle and stuff like that. And according to the reports, the object then ascended into a northwesterly direction over the suburb of Clayton, South Victoria, Australia, and took off. Holy crap. Mass sighting. Right. There are different accounts that say anywhere from one to three UFOs. Some say it landed. Some say they didn't. And some of that uh, comes from where the people went. Did they follow it? Did they stay at the school? Did they do this, right. that, the other? We'll get into and that. Say, and yeah. we'll also get into some say that there were additional um, uh, additional aircraft uh, after they took back off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing that can hold true is that there are literally dozens, if not hundreds, of sightings well, there were definitely over 200 people. Well, they've, they've come forward today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a difference between, and, and this is an important distinction, the amount of reports that we have from 1966 versus the number of reports that we have to, from the 2000s. Because and it's interesting. Uh, the reason why. That it's bandwagon effects. Well. that That is a, I'm not saying that's happened here, but that 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 is a proven thing that when one um, one group of people experience something, if you talk to them 50 years later, Many more of those people say they experienced it. Well, that that is true, but a lot of these people that are coming forward are the people that you know whose names were used then and didn't speak about it for a specific reason. Yeah, so, again, I'm but, not saying that right. they didn't experience it. I'm that's my point. It could yeah. have been dozens, it could have been hundreds, but regardless, it was a mass sighting. I was trying yes. to agree with you. Yeah. So many, <laughs> many children, adults, and you name it, they they saw it happen, and the reports to the media. You would think, though, then the reports to the media would have been crazy. They would have had some intense investigation by the media, the police, the military. 
One would think so. One would actually be wrong. Right. To this day, there is little that has ever been investigated other than outside investigators. And the event did not even make it into the National Registry of UFO events for that year where they kept track of things. Right. It is a non, it doesn't exist in there. Why not? Well, that's something we're going to try to talk about, try to figure out. Why or how could so many people be ignored or not believed, or could they have witnessed something that they didn't think they saw, or is it easily explainable? We're going to try to answer all that coming up after the break on Hysteria 51. You know, the first people to experience bandwagon effect died of dysentery. <laughs> Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're 50% oh. off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. 
$45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Boom! We're back, nation, and we're going to tell you what happened that fateful day Here's What happened in Australia. Like in the said, upside down. We gave you the short this week, but it's around 11 o'clock. Kids are in school. There's a whole PE class and a teacher outside of what was called at that time Westall High School. We're just finishing a game outside, and they see an object. And it's described as being a gray saucer-shaped craft with, now these things change, a slight purple hue and being about twice the size of a family card. Now, some people say it had a greenish hue. Some people say it just was silver. Some people say it was the size of one car. And they're all around the same. Excuse me. I understood it to be a sedan. Oh. I mean- if it was a coupe, it'd be much So different. you're saying it wasn't the sport model? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. But it was spotted by teachers and students. And witness descriptions were mixed, but the that's normal in a mass sighting. As of When a bunch of people see something, there's little differences in what they say. But there are differences you know, in a mass sighting of what people see. And, and that's true even if we're not talking about UFOs. No, anything, so let's say... Yeah. Let's say that Brent and I were driving the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo. Let's say my wife and I just had a conversation, and then we go back over that said conversation. <laughs> not, not touching that one. You, you, you Sorry, produ- mystery machine. Keep going. You and producer Lisa have fun with that one. So let's say Brent and I are driving the mystery machine. Sorry, I'm getting a finger from the booth. <laughs> <laughs> not the right one. Uh, down a major thoroughfare of Chicago. Mm-hmm. All right. And thousands of people witness us. If you go interview those people right after, how many people were in the how many people were in the vehicle? Some would say one. Some would say two. Some might say more. Um, was the vehicle driving erratically? Oh, very erratically. Or was it driving? I mean, the, the witness mm. accounts are bad to begin with. Yeah, but they are all we have for most things, and that's why they take into consideration when you're talking about witness accounts. Are they military? Are they police? Are they Debbie from the right. know, the high school stuff? Like, are that. they trained to to observe? So this guy Andrew Greenwood, he was a science teacher, and we'll get more into him later. But he told the Dandenong Journal at the time that he saw a silver with a greenish colored disc. Jackie Argent, she was a child eyewitness at the time. She said it was a large silvery disc. And like we said, reports differ, but it's a traditional saucer shape throughout. They all saw a saucer shape. Witnesses also said it was descending and then crossed over and flew over the high school southwest corner, going into a southeasterly direction at the time before disappearing from sight. And it descended behind that stand of trees that the the, the grain range yeah in front of the westall state school the pri- you know, that's where the primary students were about 20 minutes is all the time that they had with this object and witnesses now numbering like we said like around 200 remember it started to climb up started to gain speed and departed towards the northwest and as the object gained altitude some accounts describe it as having been uh pursued by a few aircraft one showed up first and then a few others not military jets but think of cessnas and pipers something similar small craft like you would you would have from a small airport right like when i go flying in the past with with a few of my friends their pilots we would take a piper or a cessna meaning no one really thought that outside of the ufos that that whether it was one two or three if there were additional aircraft, they're not alleging that those were also UFOs. No, these they, were definitely they there. Were definitely, they, yeah. were, they were circling it, they said, right, right, and right, it right. seemed to respond to that and take off. The other thing that I thought was interesting is a lot of the people that were interviewed said when it took off, it took off, it turned like belly up and took out like that. And that's something that we've seen in other accounts of like the bottom of it is where the propulsion is. So right. it turns up onto its side when it takes off and because for it, there is no right side up or upside down. Right. Right. And the children though, here's the important part. They didn't just stay on the school grounds. They were told to. Well, true. So the kids that saw it, one kid like runs in and goes, there's something in the sky. And people at first were like, yeah, right. Well, then they realized there's so many people outside that people start funneling out. 
the headmaster, <laughs> side note, would refuse to go outside to look at it. He's like, nope, staying inside, the, the principal or whatever. And tried to keep the rest inside, but they wouldn't listen. Yeah, but they, they, they go outside and they're watching this thing. And we talked about it, it was over the school. It leaves and it goes over the Grange and it, it goes down. The kids take off after it. And it's not only there. There's also between like the Grange and there, there is a private field they were growing carrots and, and produce and there was men working in there they're looking at this thing they interviewed them and they said the kids are like on the fence and they're they know they're not supposed to be in there and this thing's going off over them and they're like it didn't take long the kids are like fuck it and they just pour over the fence and they're running through the field and it's like we're just like yeah i don't know we're gonna go look at it too and depending on who you talk to only a handful of 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 people actually uh, observed it on the ground. So many, that was small, many, a much smaller amount. Right, right. Many of the um, accounts that come from the ground come from people that uh, showed up after and say they were able to see the markings on the ground where one or more than one. So UFOs the people were. that saw it, the the ninety nine point nine percent of them saw the markings on the ground, and they looked like it had landed. There were a couple people that said they were there. They saw For it being on the ground, land, right? And the, he said it was like I think like. Five meters ish round. He said when he got up to it, it was putting off heat. You know, I don't know how much heat, but you know. Side note: the owner of that field. This is not part of the conspiracy. Um, the markings on the field were um, the markings on the field were burned. The entire field was burned, and people go, "Ooh, ooh, destroying evidence." Nope, nope. That was the owner of the field. Tired of people showing up to try to see the markings. Well, so yeah. <laughs> Um, there's also conjecture about that because, oh, here we go. Well, this isn't, I, so but he said he did it. Yeah. But he also said that he worked with them and kept people out while who the individuals that were researching it, he worked security for them. Like he, he, he took his, his tractor and kept the kids and stuff out while they were looking into it. Then he burned the field. So there is like, well, did he really do it for that reason? Or did he do it because he was told to burn it? I don't know. And who knows? But he was more than happy, much like the headmaster, to play ball with the individuals that we're going to talk about here. Uh, but like they said, it was hot to the touch just to get close to it. And the guy that saw it on the ground, it was a round silver saucer. He actually drew pictures of it. It He said it looked like it was an injection mold. It had no seams. Like he goes, you think when you see an airplane now there's rivets and panels, this was just like one piece of metal. Yeah, you hear that a lot The uh, in, in UFO encounters, the, the the craft that they that they encountered, if they got anywhere up close, uh, you, you couldn't see how it was put together. Right. So, John, you're at school. You see this. You watch it through the sky. You leave school grounds to run over to see it even more. It takes off. Your kid, what do you do? What's your next move? Run around like a chicken with your head cut off telling everyone. Yeah. Well, these kids, they didn't do that. They didn't do that because they were told literally, you saw nothing. They were threatened with and given detentions for talking to people outside of school, off school grounds on their own time. Literally, the next day, the the, the newspaper, well, that day the newspaper came in and the, the school told them you're not allowed to And a local to say TV station. One of, the, right. one of the witnesses says they were uh, being interviewed by Channel 9 and were approached by a member of the faculty of the school told, you're not allowed to do this. You get back inside. You get off of our grounds. And one girl said that she got a detention for doing that. And then she they went back to her house to talk to her and she did that and she got a Saturday detention for talking to them again outside on her own time. Another another witness account said uh, that she these were all small children. She and her friend were outside. Mm -hmm. Her friend comes running back going, you know, there, there's UFOs in the sky or whatever and, and running around like a, you know, a mad woman. She's a little girl. Uh, and there are multiple accounts of after the incident there being a uh, an ambulance there. Mm -hmm. That friend was taken away in the ambulance. Her name was Tanya. Tanya was never seen again. Um, now I don't know if that's nefarious or, or, or true. I don't know. You know, the uh, a, cu a couple things to follow up to that. She said that she showed up to Tanya's house the next day, two days later. I don't remember the exact time frame, and that like English speaking people, she was Yugoslavian, and the English speaking people were living there, going, "Who's Tanya?" Yeah. So that's weird. On the flip side, a independent investigator said that they found Tanya. 
a few years back and she's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I don't remember what happened and I certainly don't want to be associated with this. Please yeah. leave me alone. That in and of itself, <laughs> you know, feeds to both ends of that. it. It does. It, Cause it literally could mean nothing happened and leave me the fuck it's alone so funny because... or it could mean somebody told her to be quiet. Right. And not only were the teachers silent, the teachers were told, and this has come from many of the adult teachers said they were told if they talked about this, they would be fired. You are not, you saw nothing. You do not talk. You do not do anything. And local airports said that they had no planes in the air. There were no Cessnas or Pipers flying. If they were, they don't know how, because they couldn't have been there and they didn't have any sort of object on radar. They saw nothing. And here's the thing that kind of throws in a little bit of the, Ooh, what looked like military men, but they were different. And I'm going to say different is this is in Australia. These men came in trucks. They said two khaki like, colored trucks two like deuce and a quarter trucks that have men about 20 men come filing out in two Jeeps khaki colored in to around the school. And in that paddock area where they burned, they were in camouflage, which the Australians weren't using at the time. Guess who was using that style? <laughs> Do I only get one guess? Yeah. The US <laughs> USA. Now, USA. I, I did think some independent investigators. Oh, how I've missed you, Holmes. Went to the, uh, the, the military there and they talked to this lieutenant colonel and they said, could it have been us? And they go, well, no, because here's why. Our forces weren't there. We didn't have anyone there other than people in a scientific area. There are a few bases around there. We don't have that kind of personnel. We didn't use that. And they go, who was it? Who would have been? He goes, well, my guess would have been, it would have been the United States military. He goes, but if you had 20 men show up within 20 minutes of this thing coming, because they were there immediately, they had to have been tracking it. They had to have been on it. You know, it's not just a- Or responsible for it. Or responsible, exactly. Like, tr but responsible could be tracking on it. You know, they're, they're, they're with it. They're I just, I'm differentiating between tracking an unknown object versus right, tracking, tracking an object that you put up there. That's interesting because, and when they spoke to the people, they most, a lot of them said they were British. Some said they weren't. They could have been American. You know, kids also aren't that great with dialects picking up. You know, they just, oh, they didn't sound oh, like Oh, that's us. so, that's such a good point. One of the interviewers, this was on, uh, there was a documentary I actually think you sent me the link for uh, it was it was called Westall 66. Yes. And one of the people, uh, one of the kids at the time, they brought her back to the school and she had been you know taken by the headmaster into the into uh, his office. And there was two people there. She claims to tell her to quit talking or, you know, be quiet or whatever. And the way she said it, I thought was so interesting. She said, what I now as an adult understand to be people of Asian influence were in there, meaning because she lived in small, small town, Australia, mm -hmm. she had never seen an Asian person and didn't know. And, and I'm just that's not a that's not a slight against her or against anyone. It's simply if you haven't been exposed to it. Really? you So like you don't know what an American accent sounds like. Yeah, you, they same were thing. They were Asian. They spoke English. And it was funny. What she said was they said to her, oh, you saw you saw a craft, did you? Like dismissive, and she's like, "Yeah." Well, next thing you're gonna say, you saw little green men. Are you stupid? Are you an idiot? And like berated her, and she said she started crying. And when she cried, they turned it up. And she goes, and then she left, and she was still crying. And that's what they were, whether what it was, they were definitely trying to shame her and make her stop talking about whatever it was. Right. What is all this possible cover up about? Why? No matter what it was, there was a military response. It sounds like it was military esque. It sounds like it wasn't a because we don't know it was a, a military. US, it could a military have been a style. Style, yes. Yeah, but people in military trucks with military outfits wanting on, you to think they're military. Certainly, what was all this cover up about? If it was a cover up, we're going to talk about that after the break on Hysteria Fifty One. A weather balloon. That's usually the go-to. That it's part of the story. So, John, looking at this, why would students have been told they were not allowed to say anything? The way I look at it, man, that would not fly now. And as soon as you tell them that, the parents would be all over them, all over the school. Let me offer the skeptical answer real quick, and then we'll, let's get into what actually happened. Um, the skeptical answer is nothing. Ha they saw something very explainable, and the reality is quit going around and sounding like you're an idiot 
and because that's the way they treated kids back then. Children are meant to be seen and not heard, mm-hmm. right? Quit going around sounding like you're an idiot. Shut up. Get back in line. Get back into class. Don't just don't you be don't stupid. Deserve an explanation. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. You're a child. Okay. Now let's get into what happened in in Australia. I'm just saying that that's a potential, right? Yeah. They were disciplined for talking about it, even on their own time. Right, right. Um, some were taken in, interrogated, as you mentioned, made fun of for saying they saw a, a UFO by the governmental types. Uh, the headmaster specifically forbid all talk of the subject. They actually they talked to his in the in that his children sixty six, and they said why, and they go he didn't believe in paranormal. He believed you do what the government tells you. He refused to even go out there to look at it they actually said andrew greenwood and people said he seemed scared at the thought that there was something out there and refused to go outside and that's an interesting thing and he was the type that said well if the government told me to do it i would do it that's from his children who kind of were kind of dismissive they're like how was he as a father hard it's like that 50s and 60s uh older person sensibility of just the government government doesn't do anything wrong Weird shit doesn't exist. You, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Right. They they said he was told to do that and he did it. Yeah. It, Without it's, question. It's just he a, was told to not allow them to talk and he didn't. Speaking of talking, Andrew Greenwood, the science teacher, he did talk about it um, back in the day. And now he's talked to people off record. He doesn't like to talk about it anymore. But. He said, he, he's quoted as said, it was a bright silver object about the size of a car. It looked like a rod in the sky at a distance. And then it or rose Or a cigar. Up. Then uh, there was this light aircraft near it, a Cessna or a Piper Cub. And then like four other aircraft joined. So the five in total, they were circling it. Whenever an aircraft came near the object, it moved slowly at first, then rapidly, and then would stop as like it was reacting to it. This went on for 20 minutes after that the UFO shot away. Uh, let's let, can we pause here for a mm-hmm. second? This is the most um, I don't know complete uh, account from a person we can point to not an credible witness an credible witness of what happened in the sky, right right. There is an alternative theory as to what was seen in the sky. Now this does not account for something landing. This does not account for things being left on the ground. This does not account certainly for weird propulsion systems or anything like that. However, it is said that if you take if you take his report alone, mm-hmm. I saw the UFO doing weird things that physics wouldn't allow and the Cessna's chasing it. The alternative explanation came from you mentioned the the Dandenong Journal earlier mm-hmm. came from the Dandenong Journal in which he said that RAAF uh, navigator who wrote into the editor of the Dandenong Journal in which he said uh, Greenwood's report would be a reasonably accurate description of a nylon target drogue I believe is how you pronounce it they DR- pull it behind a plane it's kind of like a windsock right and and so obviously if you've ever seen a windsock it does things in the air, well, and they that, have a they have a, a tow cable. Let's call it, and it gets pulled and yanked and things. And like so, that. if you were far away from it, you would see it um, doing things that you wouldn't believe that a a craft, quote unquote, could do. So, if Cessnas were chasing that, then that would that would explain everything specifically in Greenwood's report. Now, I'm not saying that that's what happened, so but prob- I think that yeah. I I just I I think this was a good point in, to reference that because. Um, uh, uh, because of the Cessna involvement or so the, the small problem craft? with that that people point out is the the military has said they had no Cessnas or jets or anything in the sky, and the local airport has said they had no planes in the sky. Which we know there were planes there. You can say for a, a fact when so many people come forward, there there had to have been planes. Well, in it the adds sky. to the intrigue. I mean, it, that's that's you're, why they why, they why also lie, they all, one way or the other. I think, I mean, we're talking about small craft here. If they were operating a training exercise, they wouldn't necessarily come out and say, we were operating no, a training but, exercise. but in that Wessel 66, they did talk to an air traffic controller, and he said, well, there was no planes there, because if there were, we would have been able to see them from the airport. There were no planes there that day I was working. So that's an interesting take right, on it. Right, but like as you just said, no one's arguing that there were planes there. He says there wasn't, though. He said there was not. And if there were, I would have seen them. And he was an air traffic controller from the local airport who would be flying Cessnas and Pipers. Right. But either there were planes there or there weren't. I'm just saying that's a that's a guy saying there were not. 
Okay, well then, then the whole report's erroneous, one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, if if there weren't, the whole report's erroneous. Well, what, what? Who's who's to say that his report is correct versus the two hundred people that saw them? You know what I mean? Well, I guess I'm just trying to. I I was offering if I'm saying Greenwood is is, I'm not even saying I believe this. All I'm saying is. Greenwood could be 100% telling the truth, but it could be explained another I know. way. I'm saying I'm saying it can be explained that way. I'm just throwing up a yes, absolutely. But there's also the air traffic controller says there were no fucking planes. So that's a weird thing when you have 200 people saying there were planes. Right. The air traffic controller says there was no planes. The military says there were no planes. Oh, but this could be explained if it was this. There's a breakdown somewhere. Certainly. It's either true or not. Well, yeah. and I'm sure, the, I mean, the air tra- traffic controller, if there were people leaning on people, air traffic control would be one of those people being leaned on. Exactly. <laughs> this came from, like we said, Andrew Greenwood, and he told this to Professor James E. McDonald. McDonald is a big name. He was a yeah. UFO investigator, and in 67, about a year after that, this is when he did an interview with, with Greenwood and recorded this. And he went on to say, the headmaster then came outside and demanded everyone return to class. And later, the headmaster lectured the entire school, telling the students not to talk about it and that the staff would lose their jobs if they mentioned the incident whatsoever. And this pissed off Andrew. I mean, he got really mad. And he said the RAAF rang the headmaster late in the day, but the headmaster told them to go jump in a lake ouch sick burn yeah like he's just, the guy was just like no that actually would be a sick burn for you buddy yeah and when greenwood spoke to a, to the the pe teacher it was a female pe teacher she was outside she was the first ones to see the craft she was the first person outside and when he went to talk to her later she's like i'm not i don't want to talk about it i'm not telling you anything and just refused to speak about it Greenwood also spoke to one of the older female students, and she told him the full story of what she had seen, and her description matched his, what they had seen. Now, the ones that were outside were around like 12, 13, 14 years old. They were older. Right. And however, half an hour later, the girl goes home. She talks to her mom, and then after that, Greenwood goes to talk to her again. She won't talk to him. Has nothing to say. It'd be improper, Brent. The headmaster said so. It'd be improper. Exactly. He said the object about half the, the length of one of the Cessnas or Pipers was in the sky. And he said that it, he had been skeptical on the subject of UFOs, but thought the object had been under some sort of intelligent design because it, it was eluding the craft, so to speak, going away from them. Now, what about a possible U.S. military involvement? That's kind of the, the catch here. That's the big conspiracy, you know, besides. I mean, that's what? almost as good as swamp gas. <laughs> officially there were no planes chasing the object no ufo and no bases could have had men on the site within 20 minutes the problem is we have tons of people saying there was five planes chasing a ufo and they had a lot of men on site within 20 minutes like we said some were in camo some were in khaki clothing like you think of the officers at the time on duty who had been in australia why i i think it goes either way if it was something we're working on let's call it a this kind of funnels into what wasn't if it was a black project aircraft or a drone or something that got away now we know that they were even the australians were working with manless vehicles at the time if it had gotten away from them of course men would have been on on site immediately the flip side of that if it was something that we don't know what it was i think men would have been on site immediately so it goes either way and fuels the fire early drones that's a really early drone you know, but maybe I'm saying that and people are laughing at me. But well, it's it's not radio controlled unmanned craft existed in that day, and we we know they existed. Well, Tesla, but we don't made a, a radio controlled boat boat right yeah, in the in late 1800s. But what we but what we don't it was know capable of nuking an entire planet. They said <laughs> no, just a bunch of reindeer in <laughs> Siberia. That's right. I yeah. forgot. What we don't know is. Is the the flight capabilities? You know, the, the, when you when you talk about the accounts and how they moved, that, that that's the big question. A radio, a radio, a, a radio controlled drone at that time just looks like a, a Cessna, right? That's that's all. It, it's not it's not saucer shaped. It's not uh, at least of the cr- aircraft we were aware of. The big question is: Do you believe the gentleman who said they saw it on the ground and it was a saucer? That's a big one, and. Uh, <laughs> That's a hard one, you know, and, you know, if you're that person, you really did see it, you can't take it away, but it's also hard to believe some people and not as many of them saw it on the ground. They just saw it in the air. They did, though. A lot of people saw them 
the spot on the ground where they landed and said that it made an impression and kind of like heat burned where it had been. Those were seen by a lot of people. Could that have also been a weather balloon? Well, I don't know. Is the mylar reflecting so much that it's it's hot? I don't think that's. And other thing. people just say it was an impression on the grass, which is equally right. interesting. It, it's just you know it has weight, right? You know, um, uh, this is an interesting one. That's why I like it so much. Is you can't dismiss it yet. It's been dismissed. It's funny. So in Westall sixty six, when they were looking, the original newspaper. I'm sorry, the original television news crew that did it. He wanted to see the clip. He goes to their archives, finds it from the sixties. It's missing. And that just leads to the mm, so tasty. I uh, it was when when I was watching that, I was like, okay, did he actually did he find just an old tin can and open it up for the? Of course, it's missing. But was it actually a? a it's supposed to be in this can. And he, well, so <laughs> he showed so, the, that was so. Um, but he showed theatrical. He, he showed the the number on the paper and it matched the number on the can. So did he? Theoretically, I don't I didn't remember that. Yeah. Okay. So he went to the archive and they sh- they found the paper or whatever. All right. So let me let me try to unpack it from my perspective. I think there's two things going on here, and I want to I want to try to separate the two, um, but I'm going to end at at what I kind of think happened, uh, and it's not all skeptical. So everyone, you know, put your hackles down. I do think I mentioned earlier bandwagon effect, and I think that that's happening here. I do think that a certain number of people witnessed something in Westall, Australia, in 1966, and I don't think that number's 200. I think that uh, I listened to a really uh, let me take this back. I listened to a really interesting episode. I love this podcast of revisionist history. Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to it, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, and he does he does just an amazing job of of tackling topics. And one of the things he tackled is memory and how our memory works and how um, how fallible it can be, but also how how so many people are blamed for trying to make things up to make themselves look cool or better. Whereas it, it literally is their memory failing them. It, it, they re- they they recount a story so often, are told various things about the story so often that it's like, we've talked about this before on the show, it's like a mag- every time you take out a magazine and put it back, it's not the same as when you took it out. And that's the way the memory works. The use, the example that he used on, uh, on the podcast was um, Brian Williams from NBC. And yeah, after talking to a lot of memory experts, most people believe that Brian Williams didn't actually mean to lie when he said he was on the helicopter that had been shot down uh, in the Middle East, that he had been on a helicopter and it had been a few clicks back and that just through memory and through stories and through recitation that it just winds up coming out that way years later. And that's that's what I think we're experiencing here, that kids had gone to that school, that teachers had taught at that school and heard enough stories and, and, and come back and said, yeah, this happened to me. I very much disagree with that for two reasons. Number one, Andrew Greenwood, the newspaper and the television all said that the school filed out and everyone was watching it. And they said there was well more than 200 people in the yard watching it right then and there not 200 people went on record they just said more than 200 people were in the yard watching it a lot more and that's not even taking into account all the people from the surrounding businesses and stuff okay well that's that's one that's one man's report i i appreciate that's not it one man's report that's the newspaper that's the word of everyone that was there and that's the television report also okay I, I just don't think the 200, I think you're getting caught on something that's not, well, I don't think. That's I'm just, I, I told you, I was going to unpack it the way I see it, okay. and then I was going to get to what, what I thought happened. That Unpacking it the way I see it, I think that there has been an overabundance of reports of people that aren't, weren't necessarily um, uh, uh, viewing the UFOs. But that said, we do have, what's, what, the reason this one is so interesting to me is we do have a number of eyewitness reports from then from back in the day that were given at the time that didn't have the chance for bandwagon effect to happen. And that's what's so interesting to me about this. And it's also interesting that that reports of the time, again, had people showing up in military style gear, telling them to shut up, telling them to not do these things. I think something really interesting happened that day. I don't know if it was extraterrestrial in nature. I think it very well, you know, we talk about this a lot, could have been some sort of black project 
it very well could have been uh, it could have been extraterrestrial. I don't know. I think something interesting happened. I think that I wish we had more than just um, um, human testimony because we we always talk about how how fallible it is. But this is one I certainly think some you know something fishy something happened. I just don't know uh, don't know what it is. I, I agree with you. I think something definitely happened. I, I think there was something there. I don't know that it was the actual an unidentified flying object or if it was an identified flying object that they wanted to keep away from people. The problem is, and I think you mentioned this earlier, children at the time are seen and not heard and people come forward and 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 say, I'm going to do this for my government or, or what I'm told without question. And that is something that. You know, there there was a, a time and a place for it, and you can make the argument that this was the time and place for it, but I don't think it works there now. Um, I don't dismiss reports and stuff like that so easily because I don't think – I agree with people uh, – bandwagging is a huge thing, and people love notoriety. But I do think, like, you know, reports and stuff – unless something points out, I think we should take them at face value for me. But I don't think that changes a lot of it. And if you watch Westall 66, we've talked about this a lot. I think it's a really good one. The people, the women that he and the men that he interviewed were the people that went on record then. Now, at the end, he did have, oh, you are right. He did a report. And, well, the the reunion was anyone that was still alive that went to the school. But they say anyone that was at the school was out watching it. Who knows? The problem with this is we'll never know. And there's no official report, even in, like we said, in the official report of reported events in Australia, it didn't even get put in there. That in and of itself, whoever did things back in the day was really sloppy because if they just went, wow, that's crazy, we'll look into it, and then came back with Roswell. Roswell, we wouldn't be talking about if they said it was a weather balloon the first day. They also, you know I mean? by the way, the day after, one of the local papers reported a weather balloon had been launched uh, a handful of miles away. Right. Which, of course, you know, skept- skeptics look at and go, see. But <laughs> come on, that same one, swamp, a weather balloon? Swamp gas industries. It, it, it's funny. Either that or it really is always a weather balloon. And it's people are po- just terrible terrible it's funny so a weather balloon and a windsock we had i got a call or a message from matt kennedy he's a a friend of ours and he's he's out west and they're traveling he's in the the uh, the band the dangerous summer he's lead guitarist for that band and they're on tour and he sends me these pictures they had a like a publicist on on tour bus with him and he's like i'm gonna send you these pictures there's something in the sky he goes i don't know what i'm looking at he goes but it's right now and he sends me these pictures and it looks like a object that is changing shapes it's flying. He goes, and I'm like, where are you? And he's like, I can give you my GPS coordinate right now. What are the chances of that? So he sends me the GPS, sends me everything. Well, I just happened to look online and I, I actually sent a message to Chris Cogswell too. And we found it is a radar balloon that they launch sometimes. And it actually is like online. It's like, this is not a UFO. <laughs> but everyone sees it and it, the shape of it and it moves. Right. And when the wind hits it, it looks because of the reflection it does, it looks like it's changing shape. Got me when I first looked at it, but I'm like, well, let's look into it. And obviously so many people see it and are like, what am I looking at? Right. I was thinking the same thing too. I'm like, well, I got to look into what this is. Meaning what I was just getting at with that is things do. um, Things can be misidentified. Certainly. There also goes into the whole thought process of, is there advanced aircraft that we have that we just don't know about? You know, is that something that was being tested? And who knows? I'm sure we are decades ahead of what is known to us now. It's always been that way. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? How can they tell us? Go to Hysteria Nation. It is our Facebook discussion group. Just hop online, go to Facebook, and search Hysteria Nation. Also, if you're on Facebook, you can go to our regular page, facebook.com slash hysteria51pod. Tweet to us at hysteria51pod. Also, don't forget, look for us on Instagram and give us a follow on there. Give us some, some comments on our pictures. Let me know what kind of pictures you want to see. I'll get you pictures of John, whatever you want. Just no, uh, um, <laughs> I, n- no more unapproved. Speaking of pictures, Patreon for Tree Fitty, you get stickers, and I'll draw you a picture of the Loch Ness monster and drawn. I have hell of a deal. Hell of a deal. It would probably be better if I let John's child draw the pictures, but I'll give it a whack. <laughs> <laughs> he he can do circles important. now. 
Yes, I can. Thank you. <laughs> it took a while, but I got there. You can get your own t-shirts and you can get you can host your own show. Have a lot of fun on there. And don't forget, if you want to hear yourself on the show, leave us a voicemail 773-669-7277. Again, that's 773-669-7277. Let's play one, John. Well, this one is um three minutes of silence. <laughs> I just uh, scrambled through as it wasn't playing anything, so... Oh, was I supposed to say something? <laughs> hey, you're not, you're not just supposed to call Kyle. Yeah. Is this, is, is this fucking thing on? Hey, hey, you fucks. C-Bop. Fuck off. Enjoying hmm. the show, boys. That was uh, a little dirtier than we want, but, uh, yeah... C-Bot. Okay. I, I take I take the uh... one of your fans. Yeah. Hi. This is Earl from Compton again. Uh, <laughs> I thought you played my my voicemail, which is cool, but you didn't want to give me anything about how Bigfoot was ghost of an alien. Also, uh, an alien? I got another one for you. This time oh. it's going to cost fifty. Oh. Jay Z is a shapeshifter. We talked about and that. And he threw Tila Tequila out of window trying to kill her because she posted on Twitter <laughs> exposing him for being part of the Illuminati. You may call back. Hey. Earl from Compton, you're you're falling behind. We talked about Jay Z being in the Illuminati and a shapeshifter in our music. Oh, it was like years ago. Yeah, in our music episode of musical uh, conspiracies. You fell, you fell flat on that one. <laughs> you have to listen to the whole catalog before you're allowed to call now. <laughs> yeah, which means Pecker can't call. That's a, yeah. yeah I didn't even, he doesn't even listen to the episodes he's in, so I don't blame him. Really, <laughs> I mean, those are the ones I don't listen to. Right? John, how can they get a hold of us again? Seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. That's right. And if you forget any of this. What's that website they can go to? Hysteria51.com. That's right. You can see us, see our press, spin a wheel. I mean, what more do you need in a website? You can take, you can gaze into Brent's eyes. You can, but if you get Don't lost, do it. you Don't might do not it. find your way back. Don't do it. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.